0: Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy.
1: Uh, Welcome in, guys. It is 634. I am 734. Probably most of you guys are Monday morning, March 21st. And that means it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, for these morning shows, Scott Kennedy. Scott, good morning to you. How was your weekend?
0: Good morning. It was busy. That's good. Lots of lots of kids sports. Uh, The boy had four games on Saturday and then I I had softball with the girl uh, yesterday afternoon. So lots of outside time, lots of kids sports. So that was a that was a good time for sure. How about you? What's what's going on?
1: Uh, it was a little bit of a cruddy weekend as far as weather. It's like right around 40 degrees and constantly light rain. But um, we had a little break in the uh, in the rain showers here. And we went to the University of Washington campus where uh, cherry trees that were brought over um, 150 years ago are all in full bloom, um, mm-hmm. which is really, really incredible to see. I mean, God, just hordes of people there on a weekend at the one blip when it's not raining but uh really cool to see um really everything's just popping right now it's raining pretty hard right now and i know those cherry blossoms are uh fragile so maybe that was it maybe that was the window uh but it was nice to see um it's also nice to see everybody else in here uh duke rose in, thought he was signed yeah Leo collins was signed we're talking about the conflicting rumors coming out there as far as were they interested weren't they interested blah 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 um, mile high truth coming in and hello. It's sad to see us make those moves with our wide receivers with the expectation. We are not going to use any of that space in another hole. Definitely possible. Um, there'll, there'll be some signings still, but maybe it's not massive. EJ. Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Luke writes in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Have you seen episode three of behind the Broncos? It's so good. I love Russell. He's such a leader. I have not yet. Um, it's been on the to-do list. Um, a lot of times I will either write an article or do something for me during lunch break at work at my computer i don't go anywhere i'm cheap and try to save some money because it's expensive in seattle um so um uh, so i sit there and i'll probably i'll pull it up and uh eat my salad kit or my soup um over lunch watching it so uh have you watched it yet scott i, I haven't watched any of those to be frank um <sighs> i i don't
0: watch a lot of sports tv unless it's games yeah honestly
1: yeah <laughs> I like it for the clips and the understanding um, thought process and stuff. I like to peel back the curtain. It's like watching press conferences. Like mm. I thought um, when the Broncos signed DJ Jones, maybe he's going to play that five technique spot in three, four listening to Jiro Evro talk about him. I don't think that's happening. Um, and base sounds like he's going to be the, uh, the nose unless he's off the field for Purcell, but I don't know why you'd do that to play base to take your best run defender off um EJ coming in disappointed the Broncos did not sign Leo Collins and the Bengals did yeah the AFC is uh there's too many good teams um somebody's going to be left out in the cold I have no idea who it is that's something we'll talk about probably after the draft when we kind of get an idea of who these teams are um EJ also saying hopefully the Broncos sign Bryce Callahan Ethan in the house he's bummed he, he's switched his linebacker crusade to right tackle and then we don't get Collins so, so I know Ethan's got to be a little bit sad good morning gents in Broncos country good to see you Sean Burns is in here good morning make him yes welcome in guys broncos for breakfast if you're joining us for the first time make sure that you hit like subscribe and share um i see that we have only five right now but it's i know it's early morning so we're gonna get at it but uh, well, i'll make sure, make sure it's you six because i'm switch. watching
0: on facebook too
1: okay well there we go boom seven there we go dave glassman with the laugh benjamin flores with the heart we appreciate you guys um rob rocks rob box bum coming in good morning nick and scott my favorite mhh team that's very nice of you to say rob that's uh if you feel that way, I'll go to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and say, Nick and Scott, number one in our hearts. Um, <laughs> most of the free agent slot corner guys have gone, besides Callan, who could they still bring in? So, Scott, do you have any thoughts while well, I pull up a list? Because I have a, a couple tweets with the uh, the guys who I think are viable slot corners. Um, do you have I, do, I do have
0: thoughts on this. And uh, went over it a little bit last night. And and basically, you know, talking about, well, that guy's normally been a, 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 a boundary corner. He's been outside. Well, typically in, in football, the most athletic – Guys are the farthest away from the ball. And as they lose a step, or if they're not quite good enough to begin with, you start moving them down. So if I'm a tackle, he's not quite off, he's not quite athletic enough to play tackle. Okay, well, let's move him to guard. Um, he is a corner. Well, it's not quite working out for corners. He's big enough to play safety. Let's move him more inside. So when you're talking about slot corners, all you're doing is talking about corners. If you can play outside, you can play inside. So, you know, I hear this, you know, we, we get into this specialization and it's, you know, can the guy play or not? Do you have a cornerback? Because it's not just slot corner. Is he a slot corner? If he's a cornerback, he's a slot corner. It's like saying, is he a slot receiver? If you're not good enough to play outside, they bring you inside. That's the way, that's how slot receivers are. That means they're probably not good enough to play outside. So this isn't on you, Rob. This is something we got into last night too. And this is just, again, the era of specialization and all these talks. Can the guys play or not? So you're looking at corners, period. How will they fit in? Last year, we were talking about Patrick Sertan coming and being that X-Factor, that wild card who comes in and plays in the slot, blitzes the nickel and doing all those things, and injuries forced him outside. Guess what? He's good enough to play outside. We knew that. Yeah. So, again, don't, don't get too worried about the labels. You're looking for another good corner.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There. Yeah, definitely. I I, this good TV here. I disagree slightly, just ever so just ever so slightly
0: specialization.
1: I do love the specialization. And the way I think about it is there are guys who can do both for sure. But it's kind of like uh, and the boundary corner is more valuable, but it's kind of like a tackle to guard. Um, a lot of tackles they can't hang at tackle going from college to the NFL, so they kick inside, similar to some of the athletes on the boundary. But sometimes there are some guys who just don't have the body type uh, to play the slot. You have to be looser in the hips, and your odds are you're going to have less press. So guys who are like like Richard Sherman um, in his heyday, he's not really playing the slot because he needs that boundary to protect him, and he needs so to be playing put him press in free safety. Yeah. You know, yep.
0: he'd, he'd still be a nickel guy. You put him at free yep. safety. You could still move Richard Sherman inside and be just fine with a 6'3 guy that can play corner. I promise you he can play inside.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I just think it's a little bit. Again, I am definitely more of a specialist um, in these body types and roles. Um, So some of the cornerbacks here that uh, have accumulated a good bit of slot snaps in their career. Uh, Kawan Williams from the 49ers. Uh, He was, he's been really good there. He is 31 years old, so you don't want to pay him a big contract, but uh, I think he's an option. Obviously you still have Bryce Callahan. Who's an option. Uh, Jason Verrett is 31 too. He's been inside, outside his career. He's had injury histories, but guess what? That's who's left guys with injury histories. Um, In that same vein, Chris Harris jr's fallen off. He's 33. Um, He's been regressing, but uh, he's somebody who obviously has played primarily slot. Uh, Mike Hughes is an option. Younger hasn't been great, but he's 25. Maybe you still have a lot. Uh, left in the tank there for him that uh, you can depend on the next few seasons and a Tavon Tavon young from Baltimore. Again, he's their version of Bryce Callahan. He's been primarily a slot, but he's been injured as heck. So you you need to bring in somebody um, to play cornerback. You don't have a crazy amount of cash. So don't, I don't think screaming Stefan Gilmore does anything besides you're just saying name. Um, Don't think he's coming in. So uh, those are the names I would keep an eye on personally for the Broncos. If uh, outside of Bryce Callahan,
0: um, and then uh, peter coming with some stars good morning for stars of the day
1: heck yeah Says, peter, so a quarterback
0: you. and a strong defense is that enough without an ol uh that's an oversimplification mm-hmm. um it was enough to get the bengals to the super bowl um it was also enough for them to be 10 and 7 and almost miss making the playoffs altogether. Mm-hmm. and it wasn't enough to get them over the hump but what are they doing they're going hard after the the uh the offensive line mm-hmm. so you say without an ol your ol is better than cincinnati bengals was last year um, so it was mid-tier. It was okay. Uh, do you still want to upgrade given the resources you have? Do you still want to upgrade the right tackle position? Do you still want to bring in more competition and possibly upgrade into your line? Yes. Yes, you do. Uh, yeah. so it's not over yet. It's, it's not over by a long shot. Yeah. Uh, think of the contributors to the team last year and how many of them were even on the roster in March, you know? Six, six of them maybe. I could probably come up with six guys that were major contributors, major contributors last year to uh, to the Denver Broncos that weren't even on the roster in March. So yeah, it ain't I mean, over,
1: fellas. It ain't over. I agree with you completely. And also, you should assume some. Almost everybody on the Broncos' offensive line is back, and I would expect Quinn Miners to take a step forward, given where he is at his in career and trajectory. Isn't always, uh, you know linear um on players you know they don't every single year they get twice as good you know that's not the case there's plateaus there's dips etc etc um but Quinn Miners coming from Wisconsin to Whitewater weird offseason um going from that level to not playing in uh, the year 2020 um I would expect a big step forward in Quinn Miners game so that's one you can depend on you also have uh, Graham Glasgow coming back who I think is probably going to be the starting center Uh, taking Lloyd Cushionberry off the field in this outside zone scheme might be an addition via subtraction. I think uh, to uh, Dave Glassman coming in with the streaks here. Thank you so much, Dave. But uh, to Jeremy's point here, the stars, the star streaks. Thank you so much, Dave. We appreciate you. But to Jeremy's point also, um, I think Dalton Reisner is a better fit in the uh, outside zone scheme as well. Uh, So that's another thing to keep in mind. Uh, Garrett Bowles was drafted to play in the outside zone scheme. So um, I don't think the Broncos are going to have a bad offensive line. I think right now they sit squarely league average in the middle um, with some actually some solid depth uh, there right now as well. So I am not freaking out about the offensive line. Yes, the Broncos are in a division with Chandler Jones, with Cleo Mack, with Joey Bosa, with Max Crosby, with uh, Frank Clark, but the Broncos are also in a division with Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, the Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, uh, Mike Williams, uh, Darren Wall. I mean, gosh, over and over again. I, I'm as concerned about right tackle as I am the pass rush and the defensive back depth right now. Um, I think that people are making way too big of a deal of just the right tackle when you have other areas where you can improve this roster and close the gap on the AFC West.
0: Yeah, the the edge has been addressed, but that doesn't mean it's been fixed. Yeah, You're, you're still going in right now. And, and, and again, good morning. So we got Scotland, we got Cambodia, we got all kinds of time zones. Flying around here—that's what's kind of fun about the morning show—is—is yeah. uh, is the, the the diversity of viewers that we get from all over the country and all over the world. But ag- again, you're you've got an answer, but is it the right one? Um, and and the thing you're you're talking about a six million dollar cap hit for Randy Gregory—that's that's a pretty good answer. That also doesn't yeah. preclude you from bringing in somebody else. You can go Edge again just to make sure you've got depth it was a big problem last year can you count on okay we, we we think this is a super Bowl contending team and can I count on Bradley Chubb to be
1: one of my key players Nick probably not anything you get from him is bonus also he is just one year left of contractual control so if he has a great year and you tag him next year he gets a contract that's awesome uh good for him but at the same time can you depend on I mean Randy Gregory also uh I putting the suspensions aside, he's never really played a large snap load workload in the NFL. What does that look like? Then you're depending on Jonathan Cooper, who I think is fine, but not as if he's starting, then you're in trouble. And then Malik Mm -hmm. Reed, who you guys know, I think, I mean, God bless him for accumulating sacks, but uh, in first and second down, if he's near the field, I'm, I'm having an aneurysm. Um, Just I'm, I'm upset. So uh, edge is a big issue. And then cornerback depth, Ronald Darby has played one full season in his career. And after that, Moody is still a question mark, even if you like him. I don't trust any of these guys personally um, in slot over a long season. And then uh, Caden Stearns, the more he played last season, the more he was exposed and looked a little bit worse. So I don't trust the safeties uh, fully after Justin Simmons also. So you're talking about the AFC West. You need to load up and pass rushers and defensive backs too, as much as the right tackle is an issue. So I'd, both those areas need to be addressed. And guess what? If you don't pay Collins, but that means you can bring in another right tackle and a cornerback and another defensive lineman, edge rusher in that what? 10, $12 million you're giving up for Leo Collins. I'd rather have the three players point blank period, but like, for real.
0: Yeah. There's again, now you're just looking at, you know, incremental increases. There's you, you've made the big leap with the quarterback. Now it's okay. What's going to make me incrementally better. Mm-hmm. And there are, there are ways to do that besides just, okay. Filling my biggest hole. I can get, I can get better in other ways. Uh, BX Bronco Jedi says, good morning, fellas. Scotty, okay. I heard about Freddie Freeman. Yeah, it sucks. Um, it sucks, but you can't blame a guy. It sounds like he wants to go home, wants to go back to uh, Southern California. But uh, what was funny is it was the first game. My son has a lot of similarities to Freddie Freeman, except he's fast. Um, you know, not that he's going to be Freddie Freeman, but he's left-handed, played first base a lot, uh, throws right, was born in California. Will graduate high school when he's 17. All those things are just like Freddie Freeman. So one of our dads always says, when he's up to bat, he's like, says, come on, Freddie Freeman, let's do one, or something like that. And this weekend, I heard him say, come on, and he stopped himself. And I looked over, and it was his nickname's Dollar. I said, Dollar, it's okay. It's it's okay. You can still yeah. use it. We're, we're okay. So he's like, well, I, I caught myself. I'm like, come on, Matt Olson. Sounds weird. So, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be all right. We're going to miss him for sure. Uh, Mike Givenstein, good morning. good morning, Broncos country. Beautiful day in Dove Valley in North Carolina. It is. It's shaping up to be a beautiful day in the Southeast. I don't know what everybody else is doing today, but nice cold front came through and dried everything out. Should be about mid sixties and bright and sunny. Should be nice.
1: Yeah. And Ashton's in my time zone in Vegas, uh, making videos for a trucker convention. Uh, Vegas is in his scene, but damn, the stadium is awesome. I've never been to Vegas um, in my life. So Monday I'll get there just for the food scene. I'm not really much of a, Gambler card game too ADD, you know, but uh... I'm too good at math is what I always said. You know, it's
0: it's it's, it's a sucker's game, you know, so I'll go and play. I consider it an entertainment expense. It's like I'll go put in 20 bucks into the video poker machine and see if I can make it last an hour. like OK, yeah. so I paid 20 bucks for an hour's worth of entertainment. Yeah. Um, there's there's a bad joke in there somewhere I won't get into. But Vegas has a lot of things. You don't have to gamble to enjoy the shows. It is world-class people watching. And the weather is yeah. usually nice at night. Warm summer nights are great, which you you, you, don't, you don't get a ton of those where you live. So, you know, no. be, being out there in a, in a warm summer night watching uh, watching the people go by and and the spectacles, Vegas, Vegas is a fun town.
1: And you don't have to gamble a cent. Yeah, absolutely. Miguel coming in. Good morning, fellas. Awesome to see you. Benjamin Flores. Oops, sorry. Scott Benjamin Flores okay. also. Lawrence has been waiting patiently. And he may have
0: said, I, I love you guys for this headline. I can tell you what I think has been happening. You know I'm the conspiracy guy. I think Lawrence is the one that also not just the conspiracy, but he's always looking at the the wrong end of, okay, George Payton. I've got my doubts. I've got my yeah. doubts about George Payton. So put them in the chat, Lawrence. We'll, we'll we'll pop a couple up of those as long as they're, you know,
1: PG-ish. <laughs> Kosher. Uh, good morning <laughs> from James Hyatt. Good to see you. Leroy Cortez in the house too. Um, and here we go. What's the conflicting part about Collins? I get the suspension injury and all, but that's – is that all? Um, so the conflicting part about Collins here. So um, the Broncos – As soon as Collins signed, uh, Benjamin Albright and Mike Kliss both send out a very similar tweet saying the Broncos were never interested, even though Jeremy Fowler from ESPN said the Broncos were interested in on him. And there's many avenues to this. Um, I think the Broncos were interested to an extent just engaging the market, um, seeing what would happen with Collins. And we stuck around a little bit. Maybe then they make a pursuit. But I don't think it was anything more than that. So, yes, they were interested, but not like we have to get this guy in here interested, uh, betting worth type of thing. Um, also hearing that call of oh, the Broncos are interested too. Could that be coming from the Broncos or that could that be coming from the agent? Um, the, a- this is a game where they're trying to make as much money as possible. And the more interest you have for your client, the more likely teams are going to feel pressure to maybe give a little bit more guarantees or that extra year of control at the end, blah, blah, blah. So there's many parties here. I think the actual truth, you know, probably somewhere lies in the middle. Um, the Broncos, I don't think are heartbroken, not getting lay Collins. Um, also why was Collins not trade? Why was Collins, a uh, traded for or not traded for instead of uh, just ultimate free agent because he signed essentially the deal that was, would have been traded for. Um, My understanding is that the, the types of physicals and medical checks that are allowed for a trade are different than that of a free agent. And a lot of teams have concerns about Lael Collins hips um, going forward. Um, That could cost him, you know, games, career, drop his play as well. So um, because of that stuff, um, a lot of teams were bulking at trading for him because they wanted the more full medical check. That's my understanding. That's what I've been told. I don't know all the intricacies of how the medical checks go. I mean, gosh, you're talking really fine minutia there, and every team operates a little differently. Um, but uh, that's something to, I guess, keep in mind as well. Well, in, in
0: talking about that, I, I I just hate to hear that. Um, you know, At 40, 45 years old, this dude, even if he's healthy enough to play for several more years in his career, you're talking hip replacement surgery in your forties, you know, and it's, it's too young for a guy like that. I, 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 you know, I, I see so many dads, athlete dads pushing their kids to other sports that were football guys. And, and um, I ran into a guy who played in the NFL a long time. I was like, well, you're, you, it was a, a former lineman. I said, you move better than any, just about anybody I've seen so far. There's no limp. There's no nothing. He's like, yeah, I just had my hip and knee replaced. I'm like, Oh, got it. Yeah. So, you know, concussions have made the news. But it's all the degenerative injuries that are tough. Yeah. Anyway, that's a that's a different topic. Um, going back on to uh, going back on to uh, one more point on on Collins. Why would the Broncos even care enough to say anything about it? Because they're looking at another right tackle, and they don't want him to heal to him to feel like he's he was second choice. Mm-hmm. That's something to think of. Why why even bother? It's like who cares? You didn't. Oh, gonna, that's why.
1: Could it also there are negotiations
0: be... with somebody else? And this is purely speculation on my part but I'm right a lot on this (laughs) reading the tea leaves and trying to figure it out. You put that out there because you're in negotiations with someone else. And you don't want that person to think that he was the second choice. That's why.
1: Could it also be um, maybe they are. It's kind of like uh, some of these teams engaging in the quarterback market and be like, Oh, I'm just kidding. We loved you the whole time. Mm -hmm. Maybe they come back to Tom Compton to make him not have his feelings hurt because maybe they offered some overtures to him. Hopefully
0: it's not that. I don't know if, Compton is at that level, you're like, yeah, you know, we went after Lael Collins. He's better than you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's you hope. That one's a little, that one's a little different, but to yeah. me, it feels like maybe there's somebody else out there that they, they didn't want to hurt somebody else's feelings. Maybe totally. it was Tom, maybe it was Calvin. I don't know. Those, those guys feel like tackles three and four to me and two isn't mm-hmm. on the roster yet.
1: I agree with you. Um, Mark Schrader. Good morning from Tyler, Texas. Thanks for the Facebook friend, Mark. It's good to see you. Uh, sent me a friend request. Waiting for storms and tornadoes later today. Hopefully not on the tornadoes, man. Uh, I'm a little PTSD there. Iowa got hit and a bunch of people died here in the last month with the tornado. So those are getting earlier and earlier. It's really starting to tick me off. Um, but uh, we got uh, Jacob Foster with the That's stars.
0: about to hit too because Those are the big stars from Jacob, Boom. the silent one. Actually, we have a silent one, so I'd need a new
1: nickname for Jacob. There is a silent one that's on this on this stream, but Jacob is the silent one. The quiet assassin. We appreciate you, Jacob. It's good to see you. Um Ben Frank Beasy coming in here saying Chubb will be fine. I hope so. Um honestly, it's not so much for me. So talking about the edge rushing spot, it's not so much Chubb per se for me. It's the combination of just how low your floor is with Chubb and Gregory together together, and how I don't view Cooper slash Reed as starting caliber edges. I honestly, I think both guys keeping them there, there'd be best as a four and five. And Nick, how could you say that about Jonathan Cooper? He played so well last year. Well, Jonathan Cooper fell to the seventh round. I know that he's played well beyond that already, but um, he's already going to be 24 years old, which is old for a second year player at the edge spot. Um, He's, really good with his hands already, which is a testament to him and his work ethic. But that means that I think he's already closer to his ceiling. You know, he's already developed in the skills side. He's not just an athlete out there having no idea what he's doing. And as soon as the hands click, it's like, Oh, where did this guy come from? He's never played like this before. Um, and he's also not the biggest body, the most dynamic athlete compared to edge. And he's an NFL player. He's a great athlete. Um, but so that's <laughs> relatively speaking, relatively speaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So somebody, will, you said he's a bad athlete. He let him race you. Well, he'll kill me. Um, he could bench me 300 times. I have no doubt about that. Um, but um, I I would prefer Ch- uh, Cooper as your four and then Reed as your five edge rush in the defensive line in general as a position where you want to rotate bodies. And right now I don't know if I love the rotation. And also I don't think outside of Chubb, I trust any of these edges to be really good first and second down contain the edge type of uh, run defenders too. So I'm looking if I was George Payton, I'd be looking at a power edge rusher uh, that can play base first and second down where you can rotate Gregory. Sometimes maybe that is a Jadavian Clowney. If his knees are fine. Um, He's one, you have a little bit of cash, you know, people like, why don't you make the big splash at right tackle? I'm also okay. Making the big splash and hunting the quarterbacks. Um, You can Mm -hmm. probably get a lot out of Clowney there. Uh, Trey flowers, another one who was cut, who would interest me a little bit outside, inside versatility. And, uh, Carlos Dunlap a little bit older, but I mean, he's a monster power edge. And if you're trying to live in a four five world, having somebody with his size and length um, to play first and second down sometimes would be, I think a huge benefit and totally different body type ability than what you have on this roster right now. So um, thinking about edge and Chubb, I I'm happy with Chubb. I think everybody saying that we should get rid of him is silly um, because you'd be selling so low on him where you're probably, if he plays at, at all this season, on a contract season, uh, if he plays well at all, and he signs elsewhere, you're probably going to get more via the compensatory formula than you are trading him right now. So why would you do that? You'd make another bigger hole at edge. It just doesn't make any sense at all. You um,
0: only do that because you need the salary cap room to sign somebody else. Yep. That's the only reason. Cause you're bringing in a replacement. It's like, okay, well yep. uh, then, then, okay. I, I need the salary cap room. That's, that's it. That's the only reason you make that move. Yep. Um, so, uh, going back to, uh, your discussion about Cooper, and then I want to get to Jeremy here. Uh Cooper was a a nice surprise. That didn't mean he was a plus starter in the NFL. Yeah. He was, oh, Jonathan Cooper, seven-round pick. We're really excited. Yeah, you are. But if Bradley Chubb played like Jonathan Cooper, you'd be talking about playing about getting rid of Bradley Chubb. It's the unknown, it's the hope. It's the the arrow should be going this way, that. But he wasn't good enough yet to be the starting edge on a uh on a on a playoff caliber Super Bowl contending team. That's why you went out and made some moves, but he's a great value for sure. And he's a great reserve guy who has upside. So you like him, but you're not ready to go to to start going with him as, as your number one guy. And again, there's, there's concerns at both edge spots still with Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb. If those guys hit their ceilings, you're, you're good. You're great. Um, If they are on and off the field, or on and off in form um you're gonna have trouble getting to the passer and jeremy says if abraham lucas <clears throat> washington state offensive tackle is it bernard raymond i just is, is that his nick yeah yep. bernard raymond yep. um offensive tackle or the now injured uh david ajabo edge fall to 64 who do you got
1: well, we're not dealing with all the information here. Um, so I would, you're going to get a very late, close to the draft uh, medical recheck on David Ajabo's Achilles. Um, and if his Achilles comes back where let's say he's going to miss all of 2022, but he has no long-term structural concern for us. I take Ajabo. Um you're talking about a first round caliber pass rusher and a player who should be more singularly impactful than either of the tackles. Um, after that though, I go with Raymond. Um, off the top of my head, I think Raymond has a very good chance to sneak in the back end of the first round. I do worry a bit, and Nick, it's just a number. Watch the tape. I know, I know, but we do have pretty good historical precedent that uh, offensive tackles with sub-33-inch arms are few and far between. And Raymond, I think, came in 32 and 5 That's
0: 32-7-8s versus
1: 33-7-8s. I'm, I'm looking at them now. So, uh, yeah, that's the, the sub-33 for Raymond just gives me a little bit of pause. Um, I know it's just talking about a fraction there. Um, but we're talking about that being a pause as far as a first-round player at pick 64. Um, I'm fine with taking that uh, that risk. There are a couple offensive tackles, which is not a great sample uh, not a great sample size out of 64. But there's a couple with sub 33-inch arm length, um, and I think Raymond's a good scheme fit as well. A good athlete. Um, he might drop also because he's going to be 25 or 26 years old. It's old for the position. Um, he's his body has changed a lot because um, he came to central Michigan from Austria, not Australia, Austria um, as a uh, tight end. And his body is completely transformed. Mm-hmm. But at 64, I think, you know, we're talking the arm length maybe matters for a first round pick, but the last pick of the second round, I don't have any issue with that. I'd be happy with him.
0: Athletically, they're almost identical right now. Um, Raymond had a little bit more in the explosive uh moves at you know a little bit better broad jump just a little bit better vert uh an inch on each arms for lucas and lucas is a little heavier and he uh his quickness was better he was quicker through all three of the agility drills 40l cone and shuttle at 10 pounds heavier so lucas was uh it was 303 verse 315. i'm a big fan of lucas yeah i think uh again i'm not i'm not ready to spencer brown this guy um but spencer brown fallen to 100 Ish, you know, 98, 95, wherever he was, was ridiculous to me. Um, 64, I think would still be a pretty good pick for Abraham Lucas. But if if you were to get any of those three guys at 64, I think the one that has the best chance of being there is Lucas. Now, I'm not 100% sure on this. In baseball, if you get drafted and you don't sign, you go back in the draft a year later. I don't know if it's like that with with, um, football. I think it is. Yep. Where, but you know, is that oppressive? What would they do to you with collusion type of thing if you didn't sign? Because I'm speaking to David Ajabo here. I don't want to get locked into a third or fourth round contract for for three or four years if I just had a year-long injury. I'd remove myself from the draft and just re-enter. An agent will float you living expenses in order to go work out at you know, Chip Smith performance or, or athlete's performance for a year and come back out in a year as an absolute freak, 100 percent healthy. And get back up in the first or second round and you make multiple millions of dollars more over the length of that same contract that you would have signed the previous year so if i'm his agent and and i'm sitting there at 64 and if i get to 65 in the third round i'm thinking you know what let's let's pull out of this thing let's let's we're not signing just go call people and say don't draft me because i'm not coming i'll be back in it next year
1: yeah it's a really unfortunate for Ojabo and uh, wishing him a speedy recovery, fun player, um, really engaging interview too. I'm um, listened to a few times. He's spoken. It seems really intelligent and a good guy. So pulling for him uh, to turn it around and hopefully this doesn't Im- uh, impact his career too much. John fields. Good morning. Go Denver Broncos for life. We got Brent Baldwin saying we need a five technique. Please let us draft Perry on Winfrey. If he's there, Perry on Winfrey, offensive tackle from Oklahoma, um, a little defensive, excuse me, defensive tackle me from Oklahoma. Slip. Yep. Um, Duh, because five tech. Um, I, I think that Perrion Winfrey, I like him a lot. Um, I know that uh are you aware of oh God, his name is McGinn, um, has been in the industry for a long time covering the Packers. Um, he's uh Bob McGinn, I think his name is. Is that name ring a bell for you in, in the industry, Scott? Mm-hmm. No, okay. Well, he said that uh, he's he puts out a draft guide every year with uh clips from scouts and agents and uh personnel people, and he said that a lot of people dogged on uh Perrion Winfrey's uh work ethic and whatnot and so that's a concern um again that's pure hearsay but it's out there from somebody who has some clips out there so we'll see you can take it up with bob again um but thing about perry on winfrey for me is i think he's better as a uh, three tech in a pass centric or a one gapping centric uh four three scheme i don't know if i really want him he's high cut and i don't know if i really want him to be taking on double teams and uh holding up at the point of attack i want him penetrating the backfield uh, and I don't think that's something that the Broncos are going to use as much in this defense um, because they're looking to get some bigger bodies so they can stop the run and play less guys in the box to stop the pass. Um, so I like Winfrey. If he falls to, you know, 75, uh, you know, screw it. go get the guys who can get after the passer. That's fine. Um, but maybe not 64. I just, I don't, I'm curious about the scheme fit for him.
0: Yeah, I uh, I like him a lot, but I don't think he's he's going to be there. Um, so to me, the the, the conversation's kind of academic because he i don't think he falls below 40 at the and that's pushing it um you watch the way these defensive tackles got paid the big defensive linemen are getting paid right now in free agency and they're like you know what maybe we should draft these guys a little higher and there's several really really good ones this year the the you know there was christian barmore last year i can probably name six to eight guys that are on that level this year
1: yep absolutely um we got uh kBA two coming in and saying I disagree Kenneth, with right- Kenneth Booker. Kenneth, yes Kenneth. Uh, I disagree with the right tackle it's quarterback killed doesn't matter who your cor- cornerbacks and edges are also would you rather have flail Fale- or free agent at right tackle. um you could say that about almost any position on um, the Broncos I will say this uh Dennis Kelly uh, not Dennis Kelly excuse me. um Tom Compton is as good of a pass protector as Bobby Massey was last year. I don't think he got your quarterback killed as much as anybody did. I mean honestly, I'm I'm more. I'm equally concerned about Quinn Miners pass blocking inside because he had a lot of Olay blocking reps last season, where you know leaned and the guy got around him, as uh, what I've seen from Tom Compton. So uh, that concerns me too. But you're going to have some issues at right tackle. And last year Scott already said it. I mean, small sample size, but the Cincinnati Bengals got there with Isaiah Prince at right tackle. You know, missing, whiffing on guys every other snap, and uh, didn't kill Burrow. So do you want a better right tackle? Yes, but it's yeah, it really for lack of trying, though. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. they tried to kill burrow i mean yeah
1: no absolutely but i think yes right tackle is a big issue but guess what it's like getting mad that they don't have stake on the hardy's menu at this point the, the options aren't out there um and you should feel i think people are underselling compton i went back and watched a good bit of the tape i don't think he's a bad he's a great scheme fit he's an, an incredible run blocker and you're gonna have to scheme to protect him a bit but guess what the Chiefs are going to have to scheme to protect Lucas Nying. The Chargers are going to have to scheme to protect Storm Norton. The Raiders are going to have to scheme to protect Brandon Parker. Those are your right tackle options in the AFC West right now. They're all bad. They're all <laughs> bad, period. So you're not alone there. Um, I think you can really close the ground. And I'm not saying that right tackle isn't important. I just think that pass rush and cover guys in the back end are areas where there's more viable options. I think you can spread around that money to improve the depth of your defense. The guys are going to be out there. And let's uh, right tackle. Let's take a walk down that path as well. Compton, I think, raises your floor a lot at that position because he has been healthy because of the positional versatility. And if he's the starter next year at right tackle, it's not ideal. It's kind of like getting yourself to a service station with a spare tire. You know, like you can drive for a bit with a spare tire. It's a one-year stopgap solution, but your car is functional with that spare tire. And um, I think
0: that's for for Kenneth's point, you know, saying if the right tackle gets the quarterback killed. And, and what Nick's trying to say in a long way is – it's not that bad at right tackle. It's it's not as bad as you might think. It's okay at right tackle. It's not great, but it's okay. Like it to be better. Going to work to get it better. But if we go in and these are our options at right tackle, we'll be okay. Yep. Uh, it's not a guarantee that Russell Wilson's going to get you know destroyed if he's back there at it with with the right tackle going in. Do you want an upgrade? Yeah, you you do absolutely. And I think they're working hard to try and do that.
1: Yeah, and just, the thing is, like this, this is the vision I see from some po- some folks with right tackle when it should be. Why? And I think Tom Compton is competent. That's not what you ever want to hear is the first thing you describe a mm-hmm. guy, but he is Um, saying Basti at the slot cornerback, not competent. God, no, not competent. Um, So that's an area where you probably need to attack. Um, As far as the second question here, would you rather have Flaylay or a or, uh, free agent right tackle? I don't think flaley is a good scheme fit. Also, I am very concerned about him at his weight playing at altitude Um, consistently. So especially in an RPO, uh, faster paced offense. So uh, I am. I'm out on Flaylay as far as the Broncos fit there. I have some other guys farther down the draft that interest me for the Broncos specifically at right tackle. If you're looking to draft one in day two, day three um, free agent, right tackle. I can't coming back to that point. I think Compton is competent and raises the floor of the room. He can play four spots in the offensive line is a good run scheme fit. Um, so maybe the Broncos look to bring in somebody who is low risk, high reward, one year option where injuries have plagued them. Um, that's the reason they're not getting a big contract. And if you get them and they're healthy, Boom. That's awesome. But you didn't pay a lot long-term. Somebody like a Riley reef who was cut by the Bengals had been injured last year. But if you give him a one year deal for $4 million and he's healthy next year, um, you have yourself a top 12, 14 offensive tackle. And one who's a great scheme fit. If he gets hurt, you didn't pay a lot. You're not committed to him long-term and you have Compton right there to fill in the backside where uh, you're not as worried about it completely falling off. It's not an Elijah Wilkinson situation there uh, for the Broncos at right tackle. So that's where I'm at um, on this whole thing.
0: Yeah, appreciate the the support. Kenneth, hope you're doing well and Brent coming in saying, Scott, your concept of slot cornerbacks versus outside of cornerbacks is completely nice. off base. You are clueless. Uh, I will stick with the thought that most guys that can play outside can play inside and it doesn't go the other way nearly as well yeah when I agree you're scouting guys yeah. you look at them and you say okay i like him but that's how guys end up inside yep. i like him but he's too short yep. i like him but and that's how guys end up moving inside yep. so clueless maybe so uh i disagree um really? travis coming
1: let's in. Let's in morning, morning fellas good travis. to see you travis. Yeah, there we go.
0: travis had some stars coming in so, morning fellas listening to db
1: uh listening db for life appreciate you thank you sir yeah, absolutely. Ken coming in too. Good morning from enemy territory, Los Angeles, Broncos Country. Let's ride. You guys rock. You rock. Thank you so much. Um, we also got Max Power coming in with the two pounds. Euros? Yes. Pounds. Oh, nailed yes. it. Okay. Uh <laughs> would you sign Stefan Gilmore? If Stefan Gilmore was available for cheap, yes, I would. I think he's a good enough athlete where you could see some inside-outside. And to your point about cornerbacks playing inside-outside, Scott, the Broncos kind of did that uh, somewhat with Bradley Roby when they drafted him. He was a little bit inside-outside. Sometimes you'd see – it would depend on the you, matchup. You
0: see it all the time. You're like, well, man, he's really struggling outside. And then he moves inside he finds a home. Okay? It doesn't usually go the other way. It's like, oh, we drafted this guy to play the slot. Let's. It's not working out. Let's move him outside. No. When you go from I can't play the slot, you go to the waiver wire. Yeah. it's That's
1: just the progression. Yep, and those guys aren't as valuable. I do think there is some nuance to it, like a let's say cornerback. Like of
0: course there is. It's a broad. It's a broad yeah, statement. Yeah, 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 yeah. But again, look at look at the other side at receiver. You don't move guys from guard to tackle. You don't move them outside. It doesn't mm-hmm. happen that way. No. You don't move guys and say, okay, well he's he's not cutting it in the slot. Let's move him outside at receiver. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work that way either. No. Uh, it's like okay, we're gonna try and get him open because it's easier to get open. We're gonna move him around. We're gonna take six foot seven Kyle Pitts, And we're going to put him in the slot because we're going to try and get matchups. That's where you try and get your matchups because it's easier to get open. So you get your quick route runners with good hands. And then you're looking for guys like that quick guys that might not have the size or strength on the inside versus the outside to try and match up with these smaller guys, quick guys, good hands that couldn't cut it on the outside either. Yep. it's the way it works.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would like Gilmore. I think he's going to get paid way more than the Broncos are going to be willing to pay there. Uh, We got DeAngelis Jones coming in saying, Nick, what potential DB can the Broncos target day three? So day three, um, some names to keep in mind. Uh, I really like Marcus Jones from Houston. Um, I had been mocking him in the Broncos round three pretty consistently. However, I heard at the combine that his shoulders had a uh, were flagged um, with medicals. So he could fall to round four or five. Um, And if he did, I would have no issue with taking him. Um, He's a good player. I like Mikel Wright from Oregon. I think he's a very good athlete. Um, Jack Jones from Arizona state sticks out in my head as well. Uh, those are the cornerback options. I'm also really interested in Alante Taylor. I think he'll probably go day two somewhere, but, um, he interests me. he has some slot and safety ability. Um, as far as day three for, uh, safety. Um, Nick Cross is somebody. He tested like an absolute freak at the combine. Um, pretty good at Maryland. I think he needs to get a little bit better with his assignments, thinking he's doing a little bit too much on a bad Maryland defense. Discipline's really important in the back end. He didn't show that often enough, but uh, he interests me a lot. Um, Dane Dalton, I think he should go day two, but if he falls to day round four, scoop him up. University of Iowa, really good player, played the slot position, the star, um, which is the slot in uh, Iowa's 425 base and a name that I really like every time I watch this team, like, Oh my God, this guy's a baller. Didn't test like a freak athlete, but he hits so well. He's very instinctual. He's very smart. He's got good size. Uh, Brian cook from the university of Cincinnati. Um, he's such a good tackler coming downhill, coming in space. He doesn't take many false steps. Um, I really, really like uh, Brian cook a lot. Um, if you get a chance to watch Cincinnati, I would say, watch him in 2021, excuse me, 2020 versus 2021. Cause he was dealing with a shoulder injury last year. That kind of zapped him a bit. Um, but He's really, really, really nice. Oh, and he said round three. Excuse me. I thought it was day three. I gave you a bunch of names there for day three, not round three. But uh, the, definitely a position you want the Broncos to attack there um, this draft.
0: And appreciate the stars. I was looking for that comment. I couldn't find it because it was actually highlighted. So, mm-hmm. Giangelis, appreciate the stars on that one. Uh, <clears throat> and Trevor Sandal, good morning, my friend, uh, comes in and says, Scott, do you think uh, Matt Ryan is going to get another contract be traded? I was hearing that some teams have been reaching out to him. Uh, reaching out for him. I think the trade – talks started before the deshaun watson stuff so for what we know the, the broncos could have gotten a call or whatnot uh ian rapaport said that he could get an, a, a contract change because he never signed that other extension so he, he might or that other restructure so that's still on the table and it said with a sweetener that sweetener means uh our bad that that's what that's what the sweetener means and he needs to he needs to go um for his sake for everything else, I would be very happy to see him as somewhere like an Indianapolis Colt, you know, or the Denver Broncos before they got Russell Wilson in a place with a roster and a fresh start. Uh, after this organization just stepped on their cells in this Deshaun Watson pursuit, and then to get him, they basically the Falcons basically pissed off everybody. They pissed mm-hmm. off half the fan base for going after Deshaun Watson, and then they pissed off the other half when they didn't get him. So it helped that they re-signed Cordero Patterson. I'm like, you know, you're you're damn right. You you better put out some good news after that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so we will see. And Jacob coming in again with the uh, the big stars for sure. Uh, thank you, sir. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm gonna read this from here. So we promised Lawrence, and and he even threw some more stars. I'm gonna read it from over on this side. So okay. So we we to Well, actually, I'll show it. It's okay. You don't need to see our faces. Uh, but talking about the, the problem, the conspiracy theory, he says, OK, so the quarterback has been our problem, correct? Well, we got Drew and Fangio at the same time, and I feel like Vic still wanted Flacco, but the fans had more of a say. I got I got news for you, Lawrence. The fans don't have a say. Uh, so he got pushed on to Vic, and Vic grew to hate some of the plans moving forward and still trying to do the best with what he got. And he's wanted a new QB and tried to justify it with the the big, uh, with Flasco, the bug fiasco, the big fiasco. I don't know what that means. But it didn't happen, and last year was his last shot. So he went after everybody he hated, and actually succeeded on some. And Patton came in. Peyton came in to do always dirty work by getting rid of the fan favorites that always wanted to be Broncos, but would have cost money. So we went okay. Yeah, that's a good one. That's that, that one's that one's. Uh, I think there's a phrase. Something goes something like. Never underestimate the power of incompetence. I just don't think Vic Fangio was very good. I just don't think he was very good. I think you're looking way too much into this Mm -hmm. as this happened for this reason. Vic Fangio was not a very good head coach. I don't know how much he had to do with personnel decisions on the incomings and outgoings, which may have made him mad, but he just wasn't very good. Yeah. Done. That's the heart of the problems with Vic Fangio.
1: Yeah, I, big picture was the issue with Fangio. Did um, wasn't good enough with the big picture. And uh, if you are the the dictator, you know cold, calculated guy, um, only works if your team is winning uh, and you have a great quarterback. I'll Bill Belichick, um, Tom Brady in his corner. You know that's that makes things easier. We'll see how things uh, continue to go there. But for Vic Fangio, obviously not inspiring the players. Um, you know when you're losing and you're not having fun, it gets it uh, gets dark quick. So we got Mark Schrader coming in. What do you guys think about Logan Hall? And where would you see him going? I love Logan Hall. Um, This is a great pick here, a great player. Um, We had a comment earlier asking about, uh, hey, Nick, what about the five technique position? Logan Hall would be amazing for the five technique. I think he's a classic five technique. Um, He's somebody who a lot of times you see players at this height, um, and you try to project them inside, and it's like, oh, man, can they play low? Can they do that? Because they're going to have the automatic leverage issues just because of the height. And Logan Hall battles to get low and um, just constantly working his hands to win pass rush uh, counters there. So I really like Logan Hall. I think he's going to go somewhere from pick 40 to 50 uh, in that range. But if he's there at 64, I would love him. I would love Logan Hall. Um, I know he didn't uh, dominate the one-on-ones at the Senior Bowl, but the tape is so good. He got
0: handled at the Senior Bowl. It wasn't not Uh dominating. He didn't do very well. He was he was handled at the senior bowl. That's why I'm like, who's Logan Hall. I'm like, Oh, he was at the senior bowl. And Oh, he was that guy in Houston that made on, made everybody else's highlight tapes.
1: Yeah. So I, his tape he is struggled good. At the senior yeah. Bowl. Yeah. His tape is, I don't know. His tape is good. um at Houston. I like his leverage. I also like his ability to be outside base inside sub. Um, so if he's there at 64, he's going to, I think he's going to have to continue to work on his body, add some mass there. Um, but uh, he interests me a good bit at 64.
0: I look at six six two ninety and say, "Why didn't anybody make this guy an offensive tackle?" You yeah, know, going back to the uh, the the evolution, we'll go back from the inside outside thing. The next one mm-hmm. is you move those guys to offense. You know, the defensive line. I, I used to joke, you'd go to a combine and they put the you know a, a high school camp and they put the offense and defense in different color shirts. I said, "I swear to God, this is how they separate them. Big guys over here, big fat guys over here." that's it's just the way it is so i see 66290 and maybe he turns out great but if he's he looked like he probably could have been a really good offensive tackle from what i saw uh at senior bowl but we'll see we we yeah. will see but he I, he's not a guy that i was very high on coming
1: out of uh coming out the of senior Mobile. bowl. yeah he that, i i do him. like him yeah, small sample size yeah i'm looking for his uh his mock draftable? Yeah, he, uh, the height is the biggest thing. He's 64. I think you start to get interested there if he's there. So you got C. Patrick Havner coming in. Thank you so much. Clee um, coming in here. Winfrey was great at the Senior Bowl. Imagine if he had a work ethic. Again, this is just coming from one person. Bob McGinn, take it or leave it. Um, I don't know uh, Winfrey. And I don't, uh, I don't have the resources that uh, the teams have that are going to be investigating in these players to the point where it's like, you know, military background checks. Like, oh, and do we trust you? To-
0: this is, this is. The Lions former season. coaches at Oklahoma trying to cover their asses for not getting more out of this guy. Yeah. Oh, well, this is what it is. You wouldn't hear that stuff if they were still at Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, if they leave. Because I remember one of the things I saw, this is a Senior Bowl MVP. I post his highlights from the Senior Bowl practices. And mm-hmm. Some of the comments starting coming in, was like, USC, here's your new coaches. They got one sack out of this guy. You know, that stuff gets around. that. Those kind of yeah. comments get around. And all of a sudden, hey, let's call up his former coach. Yeah, he didn't work very hard. Mm. Yeah, sure.
1: He did. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not for you. I, evidently. Yeah. And the thing about it for uh, Perry and Winfrey again, for me, is I think it's about what fits the scheme. Um, we got C. Patrick Havner already. Good to see C. Okay. C. Patrick Havner. Thank you so much. Um, I just don't know if he fits the scheme. I think you're looking for him in more of a four, three scheme where it's one gapping and attacking. And I don't think with the Broncos signing of DJ Jones, it just does not seem like a team that is going to be emphasizing the, uh, the one gap as much um, for, especially from their interior defensive linemen. So we'll see. Um, John D. Herrera saying, what do you guys think about Sue Craven's comments about Fangio? I think this is true in life. Um, I think there is some embellishment to what Cravens is saying, maybe some exaggerations. And the truth is in the middle. Um, I think that Vic Fangio is definitely curmudgeony. And maybe he didn't like some of the social media stuff and the personality stuff where you haven't earned it. Um, it's not about, you know, that's the the gear that you're wearing isn't about football. But uh, Sue Cravens, you know, He's an interesting guy. Uh, it sounds like he's an interesting guy. I guess I'll leave it at that. But uh, I would take everything he is saying with a somewhat of a grain of salt because um, I would think that you know truth is in the middle. And if you talk to multiple people in that organization, you'd hear that some of it is a little bit embellished. I was surprised. I, I, I'm i not on social media like Nick. So
0: Nick's kind of my filter. He's my editor for me, and he'll send me the stuff. What I know of Sue Cravens, I was in L.A., uh working a lot of high school football when he was there and he was one that you would say okay this guy's gonna end up a doctor when he's not when he's done with football uh smart uh leadership well-spoken good-looking i mean the the kid has it all it's one of those we're all jealous of if he wasn't so nice when we were in high school just a great person i'm like so i don't know if he's been you know eating paint chips since then but what i know of sua cravens coming out of high school was. I'm going to listen to something he has to say, because this is a, a well-spoken, smart, measured person. And if he's pissed, I'm listening. I am.
1: Yeah. I have a I lot of respect think...
0: for Tua Craven's the person. God, he was a hell of a football player, too. He's one yeah. of those guys He in high school, he played play everything. Uh, yeah. Safety, wide receiver, running back, quarterback, played everything. He was a lot of fun to watch. Just a
1: fantastic player. You almost wonder if he's one of those guys that is a little bit too much uh... – a lot of the old school football coaches are more militaristic, I would say, where it's, you know, yes, sir, or no, sir, you know, do your job kind of thing. And uh, sometimes those coaches don't take the best to players who are asking questions like, why do we do this? Or I have some input on this. You sound
0: like you speak of this from experience, Nick. It's like, yeah. when I'm smarter than you, treat me with some respect, please. Even if you are my boss.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that's definitely a possibility as well. You know, it's not, not necessarily put your head down and work. It's, I have questions about what the thought process is behind this, because if I understand it, then maybe I'm going to be more bought in. But if I have questions and I don't, and I don't understand on your side the process, get, you know, yeah. get
0: Sue on your side. He can help, yep. you know, if you can explain it and it's successful, you know, then he can help get other people. He can, this is a guy that Sue Craven is a player you want on your side of things.
1: Yeah. Injuries were a big deal for him as well. Um, that kind of zapped him, but uh, it's too bad because, uh, too bad he's hurt because the Broncos are looking for a dimebacker type of body right now. And uh, that's what he would be best at. It's kind of a weird niche role. Um,
0: and, and that's that's kind of how he was. It's like, okay, you know, athlete, where do we put this guy? He's you yeah. know, six foot one, 215, 220 pounds. What do we do with him? God, yeah. he's a football player, though. Good yep. player. EJ yeah. coming in. Nick and Scott, thoughts
1: on Nick Benito and Sam Williams. Both edge rushers at 64. Um, I like Nick Benito. I think he's probably, again, the same thing He's better in a scheme where he's not going to be asked to hold, hold up against the run. Um, I think he's more of a finesse style runner, not much speed to power, um, and pop in his hands when I watch him, but man, he's a good athlete, um, a fluid athlete, a finesse rusher. Um, I think he lines up very similarly to what you have in, uh, Jonathan Cooper, but to the nth degree, um, if he's there at 64 and you're looking for somebody who can be a, third down specific type of guy to come in and also offer you some coverage reps going backwards and Benito interests me. I really like Sam Williams uh, ability. Um, But the one thing about Sam Williams is he, he has a uh, sexual battery case against him at Ole Miss that caused him to be suspended for a long time and uh, learning more and more about the Broncos front office and uh, sexual assault allegations going forward. They're doing work on Sam Williams, but they have a lot of women in position of power in the front office and uh, organization in general and uh, sounds like that is a big no for a bunch of them and god bless them for that and that's why you want to have diversity and uh, other voices in your room so that way you can have other uh, perspectives and whatnot so if uh, sexual assault and whatnot is a non-negotiable um then probably not sam williams at 64 unless the the background checks say that um in their research which again these people are investigating these people's background like they're getting military clearance um so they'll have a better idea than we will um but that's there and they have, do have to uh work through that
0: they're they do interviews with all these players and by god it shouldn't just be checking in hey it's a bunch of dudes in there interviewing and doing this they should absolutely have a woman in there asking questions mm-hmm. and if and if she's not satisfied then i'm not you, you everybody and we got five people in this room conducting an interview and everybody's got a veto vote every single person should be able to flag that mm-hmm. so part of this process would be the diversity of the scouting department and and that includes Background stuff because if it's just football, for me, this isn't close. Sam Williams is a freaking beast. Mm-hmm. I, he's he's a beast. He's 260 pounds, bounces up and down like a pogo stick. He is a top 15 edge rusher. Is that so? What are you going to do? You clear him, he ain't going to be there at 64. And if he's there at 64, there's concerns.
1: If there's concerns, he's probably not going to be a Denver Bronco. Mm-hmm. Does that sound about right, Nick? Yep, I think that's a big one there. Um, he's got pop in his pads. I do think the motor runs hot and cold, and uh, sometimes, especially on rundowns, it's like, buddy, you got to you gotta get your shoulder in there and set that edge because you can do it. I've seen you do it. Why are you not doing it these reps? That's some concern for me as well it, with him. It,
0: from, from a talent perspective, it is a tantalizing package of talent that Sam Williams brings to the table. 6'4", yep. 260 pounds, and, and it looks like a safety. without Just like his body shape, he's so... Yeah well-built and lean and long that without any perspective when he walks out there, it's like, Oh, that's a defensive back. Yeah. Oh my God. He's six four, two hundred and sixty 260 pounds. Yeah. Um, with some perspective out there. So just from a football perspective, it's, it's easy, Sam Williams, but yep. there's more to it than just football.
1: Yeah. Um, and again, more and more coming out with the uh, Deshaun Watson stuff Were the Broncos interested, weren't they interested? I've heard that there were some, ultimatums put down by some people in the front office that uh, Watson came, they were done. So we'll see um, what happens with Sam Williams, but really talented. Um, A lot of luckily for the Broncos, other edge rushing options too, but uh, man, it's going to be interesting. Same, same with Micah Parsons last year, Um, but we'll, uh, We'll leave that one for now. Peter Middleton, how much better will Reisner be in the scheme? He deserved to be dropped from the first team last year. Good offensive line draft pick take his place. Um, so I was very tough on Reisner to start the season because his form was not very good. But I thought actually as the season progressed, he started to turn it around. And by the end of the year, he was pretty solid. Um, his run blocking is not what you want from the power scheme, um, but he's pretty good on poles, Um, And uh, his pass protection is solid, um, honestly. I think the his issue is more so... Offensively, he's not good enough where he can be a gravitational pull uh, to the guys around him. And with Bowles play dropping last season and Lloyd Cushenberry beating a bottom three to five starting center in football, um, that that made Reisner look worse than he was. I think he had a lot on his plate um, because of that. So uh, I disagree with him. I think early in the season, he was struggling. um, But by the end of the year, he was fine. And the scheme should help him. I do hope that, and again, this is just me seeing him. I think that Reisner's... Looks like he's put on a little bit of weight, um, since he came to Denver from Kansas State. Is looking a little bit more of a uh, belly going on there, and not the Quinn Miners kind sometimes. So, and he just looks a little bit more uh, sloppy. Maybe he's been dealing with some injuries. Who knows? Um, but his rookie season in the outside zone centric scheme, um, was his best year run blocking, pa- pass protecting. So, um, I think he should be better, and you should count on him at left guard. And I would be shocked if somebody came in and took his spot unless he got injured.
0: Yeah. Could an oil draft pick take his place? Uh, Maybe, but probably not likely Uh, where you're drafting. You're not going to get a guy that's probably good enough to come in and beat him out right away. Um, Eventually. Yeah, for sure. So again, you're, you're looking for competition at those spots, all three interior line spots. You're looking for competition Mm -hmm. in the draft and you should be able to find some, you should be able to find some good quality depth with all the picks you have. Even if, even if it's, you get, you hit on a guy or you package two together and move up a little bit. There will there will be players in here. And Lawrence, I uh, appreciate you coming here. Just he, Basically, Lawrence says, you know, pr- they're trying to protect Elway they're, because he's the face of the franchise in a sale, which is smart. You know, hey, we, we don't want Elway to look bad. If Elway looks bad, the, the value of the team goes down, which makes sense. Um, I just think the moves that were made were just bad moves. Um, you know, it, it was... You know, I don't. I don't see any grand conspiracy here. Just mistakes, mistakes being made for a lot of these. Uh, we and uh, Ethan coming in with the, the the super. Thank you, sir. Says uh, wasn't a huge fan of bringing Melvin Gordon back, but he may be dirt cheap, so why not? So, what would what number on an average salary would you say? Yeah, I want him back,
1: Nick. Um, I'd give him a. Uh, I'd give him at this point with the fact that he hasn't signed yet, and what you're dealing with cap size. Um, maybe a two year deal for. 7 million where his cap hit this season is 2.5 and next season it's the rest of it. But, uh, you know, it's only like a 1 million dead cap. If you move on from him after this season, which is not player friendly at all.
0: (laughs) Two years, seven, three guaranteed. Something like that. Yep, exactly. That would, that would, that would be something like that. I was thinking four. I was thinking one year for four. So we're, we're close and probably none guaranteed. I think is what I said last night when we were talking about him. Um, again, you know, he, he was, he didn't, he wasn't an eight million dollar running back in his last contract that was yep. an overpay. This is his third contract, yep. So he's he's not going to find that money unless somebody gets completely desperate, and that's probably what he'll hold out for. Mm-hmm. You know, Melvin Gordon may run all the way to August before Wait, signing, with and then he'll say, Okay, I've got a call, I'm going to sign on a, a low vet, you know, for a million, and I'm going to go find go sign with the Buffalo Bills. I mean, that'd mm-hmm. be a good fit for him. Um, you know, they're doing some other things right now. They need a running back and I'm going to go sign with the bills because they need a running back. They had a good, good team. Go hook up with my boy Vaughn again and, uh, and do something like that. So there's no rush. I don't think when you're negotiate from a position of strength, you're good at running back. You're good. I can add something to it and bring Melvin Gordon back for a dime. Okay. I can live with that.
1: Richie Rich, big fat guys, eh? Um Jacob Foster coming in here saying uh well not <laughs> those, saying anything
0: because those those uh compression shirts that they wear at high school combines tell no lies. Yep. And yeah. uh and the defensive linemen are usually 16 year old and ripped the mm-hmm. offensive linemen, not quite as much.
1: No, not as much. Oh, I mean, unless God the bodies are changing. Evan Neal, what the hell was <laughs> crazy? Um <laughs> yeah, you know, Kathy... defensive
0: tackle. You know, yeah. one of the one of the funny things was. My friend's a trainer here, and I walked in, and I saw this guy. He's about 6'5", 230, and, uh, and I kind of forgot where I was because I'm used to seeing 6'5", 230. And I said, defensive end? And he goes, wide receiver. I'm like, oh, yeah. This is what they look like four years later when they're finished. Um, so it, it's, uh, it is. It's, uh, it's a very big change, but again, it, that's the next move. It goes guard. It goes defensive end, defensive tackle. Moving over to offense, offensive guard, you're out. That's the progression for a big man in football.
1: Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, well, Scott, we got to get on this mock draft here, uh, real quick because it's already forgot about that. Do we have to? Uh, We got. We should real quick. Um, thirty dollars from Dwi guys first. Uh, Sutton and Patrick didn't restructure their contracts. They had roster bonuses in their contract that were due yesterday, but the team can and did convert them to signing bonuses to spread out the cap hit over the contract. Yes. Is um, that a
0: restructure technically though?
1: It is a restructure, but it's not like they agreed to the restructure. It's just the the way the contracts are. The Broncos can restructure the deal. They're still getting the same money. It's just an accounting thing. I'm gonna pay you now. Good, because taxes don't go down. So give me my money now. Well, they've already been paid the the signing bonus. It's just they get more guarantees put on later on their deal to lower the cap hit now. So it's it's really just moving numbers around. Um, it doesn't change what the, I don't believe it changes anything for Patrick and Sutton other than it guarantees them more money later on um so that's that's my understanding i would have to get more of a capologist in here to answer that um but uh i don't know what the, kathy's talking about here they already talk about Devonte price did the broncos sign somebody named Devonte price that would be news to me uh kathy schmidt uh good morning uh yeah. she's uh i don't know if you're over in germany or just germany in germany so.
0: in germany okay yep. so good afternoon uh and good morning to chris let's let's take care of some of our, our stars here again real quick absolutely um, and then, uh, real quick for Travis, double T coming in saying, "Do you think the restructuring of Sutton and Patrick's contracts another move in free agency? Yes, or a big extension for Russell Wilson? Yeah, um, you're clearing cap room for a reason. You're not just clearing it to clear it. Um, yep. So there's there's something,
1: something coming, something yep. something's on the way. Yep." And the Broncos, they've been looking at cornerbacks like crazy. I would expect that to be the next big move, um, for the Broncos. Um, it, but we'll see, they're, they're looking at cornerbacks. Everybody, they've been calling on them. Talk, made some agent connections at the, uh, combine when I've covered that a few times, Broncos are calling on cornerbacks right now, who it'll be. We'll see. Um, but uh, let's get into this mock draft here. We're going to do a mock draft here. Cause it is mock draft Monday. Um, but, um, uh, the Broncos obviously don't have any picks in the first 50. They don't have a pick till 64, but we're going to use the pro football focus mock draft simulator today to uh, mock for the Broncos. So hopefully you guys can see this on your screen for Scott here. Um, here we go. He's zooming in a little bit and Scott go to the top, right? Cause you are, you haven't picked a team yet and you only have three rounds. We'll go. Well, I was picking my team. Okay.
0: Let's we'll do five rounds.
1: A we'll do a seven. Okay. That's fine. Let's do yeah, it. We'll have seven. We can always stop. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Go so draft. going
1: into this, um, obviously the Broncos are still, um, says, uh, start draft on the bottom, right, bottom, right. Oh, you're going to zoom in a little bit. Smart. Would you chill? I'm trying to help. <laughs> um, like, like driving in the back seat.
0: I'm trying to make it so that we can see this was yeah. the one where I got, this was the one we tried to do and I ended up like drafting wrong. Cause I couldn't see the board cause it was zoomed in so much. I we'll think that was shot,
1: draft network. That's okay. Oh man. Going quick. Love it. Okay, so uh, yeah. So while we're looking at this, as it's leading up, Broncos offensive tackle, defensive back, edge rusher. Um, if there's somebody that defensive tackle or a linebacker that's too good to pass, then God bless it uh, we'll lean it. There goes Abraham yeah, Lucas. That's why 62. we didn't use
0: this one last time because I can only see one line at a time. Oh,
1: okay. Well, uh, let's let's scroll down. Um, or like zoom. Let me come see if I can come out just a little bit here.
0: At least I can see a few more. But let's go. Let's see where they went. Uh, early. So Aiden Hudson, Kyle Hamilton, number two. I like it. I like them already. Uh, Thibodeau, uh, Ica McQuano, Evan Neal, Sauce at six, Derek Stingley, Trevon Walker at eight. Uh, Falcons don't pick Georgia guys. Actually, they just got uh, Lorenzo Carter, who's from Norcross High School and uh, the University of Georgia. So they just signed him on a one-year deal. Uh, Charles Cross went to the Seahawks with your nine pick. And, okay, Malik Willis, first quarterback off the board. We'll go down. Carl so, is as high as 13. That's pretty 15 to Kobe Dean. I don't think he goes that high. Uh, so we're going down and we'll look at some of the picks that went just ahead of where we were at 64. Cole Strange, Abraham Lucas at 62. That's what I'm saying. If you like him and you start getting you know, uh, antsy. ants in your pants, you might want to move up. Throw a seven at somebody and move up a few spots just to make sure. Uh, there's Fa'alele at 60. Nick Benito. A lot of the guys we've been talking about. Muma, Trey McBride. And, and frankly, the number one tight end might not be a terrible pick instead of getting the number two right tackle. You know, I mean, the number 10 right tackle at that spot might not be. In this case, it wasn't uh, an option. So at 64, uh, where do you want to look here? Where do you want to look?
1: I say scroll down uh, just because I'm not interested. Nope, 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 nope. Oh, man, this is rough. Uh, I guess the name for me that sticks out here is... Uh, you already passed him um for the broncos it is uh, josh pascal um you know last time we had him in that draft uh, network well, we got him in the 7th <laughs> yeah we got him in the 7th which is crazy to me um he had a top 7 i think 10 yard split uh he was 90th plus percentile in uh, all of his uh, jumps as well which for the uh, the edge rusher position those jumps are very valuable cuz that shows your twitch and explosiveness um he's led the a- sec in tackles for loss the last two seasons and also you want to talk about a character guy Josh Pascal beat cancer um, a couple years ago and then came back playing football, had to change his body after having to do treatment and then came back and became a leader for that team that turned them as turned around and competed in the sec for a basketball school. So I really like Josh Pascal. Um, Also, we talked about it earlier. The Broncos do not have depth. I trust at the edge position right now. And this is also a a draft pick where the Broncos are. You're drafting him here and uh, he is giving you an option behind Bradley Chubb where you are not next year desperate to sign Bradley Chubb. Um, you have an option in house that can probably uh, lean in, lean in on him. So I really like Josh Pascal here at pick 64. I know his ADP is 80.5. I don't care. I think he's a really good player.
0: And Bryce coming in. Good morning. Thanks for the content. Long drive with a nice pod to listen to. We'll appreciate you. We're, we we tend to go long on, uh, on days like this. Uh, I like Kingsley and Igbari, but I'm not completely sold on him. Uh, my favorite, I think the best, player on the board is right Christian here. Watson, Christian yeah. Watson right yep. here. And there's probably somebody way down here that we can't see, but hopefully if he's that far
1: down, he'll be available on our next pick. And uh, just kind of just looking at the board there real quick for the Broncos, you are talking about uh, cornerbacks, uh, possibly they had uh gosh, who was the cornerback that was just on the board. If you scroll down, maybe he's still there. Martin Emerson talk about a cornerback that boundary to slot if Emerson's in the slot you're cooked. He cannot turn at all. If he he's a press pure press boundary corner. So um I don't think I'm I'm as interested in him at all um for the Broncos. If he can't turn he's cooked on the outside too. <laughs> oh, he's really good if he gets his hands on you and then can uh, turn one way, but he doesn't have the hip flexibility to turn both Not ways. So enough. I he scares me. Um so yeah, this one is a lot tougher. Um the the board is a lot tougher here and I think that's uh, that's great because um Lord only knows. So let's let's look at some of the offensive tackles here um, for the Broncos. And, and I did click on Josh Pascal if for, for Josh those Pascal. of you uh,
0: listening. We did take him. Filter positions.
1: OT. OT. Scroll down. Scroll down. Ooh, woof. I do like but Braxton guy Jones. guy I like there is Braxton Jones
0: out of that bunch. But, you know, if, if he's listed at 159, we don't have to draft him yet. Yeah,
1: let's scroll up a bit. First, um, I do like Matt. Well, let's go. I do like Sean Brennan. Let's check out the, uh, let's check out the, uh, defensive tackles and actually let's check out cornerbacks first, cornerbacks and safeties. These are the tackles still. Oh, that's everybody. That's okay. I don't really like backs
0: and tackles. It didn't clear one when I chose the other. That's
1: annoying. So cornerback,
0: I have to clear it first. Yeah
1: interesting they have Jojo Doman listed as a cornerback uh, Cam you your camp there. There's your guy, it's
0: Tyreek Woolen. It, it you see his average draft position is 40 spots higher than where they have him ranked. That's not an accident. Yeah. I'd be okay with him. Um we could for the sake of this draft, we could have a chance to get him at 90. We could probably get him at 96.
1: Yeah. Let's uh check out the safeties too, just real quick, just cuz I Broncos need somebody to play the uh the hybrid position there. Um, it's okay. I kept cornerback. You can scroll down. S- that's okay. No, that's not. Okay. We talked about Brian cook earlier. We talked about Nick cross already. Um, scroll down. Yeah. I think you're uh, maybe to speed
0: up. you're almost off the clock. Yeah,
1: I know, man, we're going, we're going a hard time here. Um, I think that based on what we've seen so far, I think we honestly should just go with, uh, Tariq woolen. Um, mm-hmm. I know that he's not a slot player, so to speak, Um, But he's too good here. The Broncos, um, Frank Darby, or excuse me, Frank Darby. Ronald Darby's only played one healthy season in his career. um, And this is the AFC West, for God's sake. You need bodies in the secondary. So I'm leaning Tariq Woolen here. Um, He's tested like an absolute freak.
0: Yeah, here's Um, my cheat sheet, y'all. So uh, if you want to look at, uh, I I took all these and put them into, they're probably in a spreadsheet somewhere else, but I turned them into a spreadsheet. Tariq Woolen, 6'4", 205 four two six forty and he didn't do his uh his other numbers but if he can turn at all
1: I'm feeling pretty good about that so yeah it's an arms race in the uh AFC West and I would consider so we, Tariq...
0: we took uh we took uh Tariq Willen with our, our next pick.
1: Yep, absolutely I that's like a little... Dylan Parham an interior line. I do too. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um you have Russell Wilson here oh, that's in Denver. Christian Watson still that's... give me a
0: six foot four two hundred 210 hundred and ten pound yep. wide receiver that blocks his ass off. That's yep, exactly.
1: what my... I think that's the pick. I think we got to do it. I think we got to take Christian Watson. He's too good here. Um, yeah. you're if you're looking for wide receivers that fit what Russell Wilson wants, um, somebody who can stretch the field vertically. I know you just kept um the likes of uh Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton in house. I don't care. Um, it's an arms race, and you need bodies there. Uh, so uh, I would really like uh Christian Watson. Who is Christian
0: Watson? For some reason, he didn't get listed. He was he was. Uh, I don't have his height and weight on here. I got to fill that in. Uh, but I had him on the senior bowl, and he was like 6'4, four, 205, 4'36, four, 38 and inch vertical with an 11. What's that? An 11'4 standing broad jump? Yeah. He
1: ain't going to be there. He's too good. I think we take him yeah, here. He could sneak into the top half of the second round. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think we should uh, close it out here with these next two picks. Um, let's uh, pull up, Scott. It's okay if you pull up multiple here. Um, okay. Let's uh, offensive tackle, um, interior offensive line. I'm looking for centers, maybe uh defense, defensive line with <laughs> wide net here. We're just going to pick from this for the next few picks, safety and cornerback. Could it just everything? <laughs> yes. I didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay, Scott. I love you. Um, these are the positions we're looking at now for the Broncos. Um, Zion McCollum, he was another one who tested like a freak at the, uh, the position. Um, we haven't gotten know, a tackle, have we? We have not gotten a tackle. I mean, one of these picks you know, is going to be is the guy that's got some decent upside.
0: He's lean. Uh, when you're talking about pick 115, that's a low risk maneuver with, uh, yeah. I, I like his, I like, I like his frame. Let's see. Uh, let's see how he tested. He tested uh, oh great. No. He's,
1: he's just so skinny.
0: I he know he's, to, he's, he's a lean. lean. Said, we said, it sounds so stupid when you say he's, he's a skinny 308 pounds. Uh, Matt Walesco. He 312. he's so skinny he's, he's really undersized at 312. it's it's ridiculous i know how ridiculous that sounds 36 36 inch eight. arms 503 on the 40 30 inch vertical 113 i'm like gonna him. miss i'm gonna miss on the 6'8 guy that's athletic as hell yep and i, can, uh, I Brock- can feed him a little bit more and get him at 325. i wow. i like i like well let's go here we need a right tackle
1: yep. he's got all kinds of upside and he's one that you're putting in the uh, fermentation chamber. You know, you're letting him grow for a little bit and uh, you're you're loving your life. So we have two picks here. I think we're going to really lean into the offensive line. Uh, I like I like him a lot. But Scott, I got the two picks here. I think I, I you sold me on no, rather, and Jones too. would you rather have Wesco or Jones?
0: Oh, you I saw him at the senior the point. You can talk me into either one of them. That's not a that's not a uh, that's not a hill I'd die on. If you and I were fighting over that, I'd let you choose.
1: Well let's ask the chat real quick. I'm pulling up the chat, guys. Um, are you thinking uh Walesco or Jones? Um three, anybody, first person to say a comment here. here. Willesko or Jones? Here. Let's uh let's go. Braxton the video. Jones. CC said Braxton Jones. I'm fine with Braxton Jones here. Um his short shuttle wasn't amazing, and Kathy says Walesco. Uh I'm fine with you. of these guys. Both of them need a year, both of them have tremendous arm length, both of them impress me a lot. Um now we have two for Jones, two for for, for Walesko, three for Jones. Peter Middleton coming in with Jones. I think we go with uh, Braxton Jones here. So here is uh, Matt Wallace. Look at that move. Ooh, that was nice. That was, that's what you, know, you it's
0: want. just warming up stuff, but the way he moves, he moves so easy. And this is going against a Penn State edge. Arnold Abichetti. And again, you see why we say he's lean. I mean, yeah. this guy's six foot eight and you saw his agility numbers. I don't think he he's not, again, I use the the sleeper mm-hmm. guy from a smaller school is Spencer Brown. He's not Spencer Brown athletically. He's a little stiffer than that. But... You know, this is Boye Mafe that he's standing up right here. And again, that's not quite a one-on-one pass rush drill. Um, but I am. I'm, I'm a fan of what he had left tackle coming off. That's Penn State again coming off the edge. He seals the edge there. Nice. You know, keep keeps him going around back while Kenny Pickett would have probably gotten killed. Here he is at left tackle. And that's, uh, I forgot his name, the other edge from Oklahoma left tackle this is a 220 pound speed guy from Kansas coming off the edge here.
1: He kills him. Yep. Good. You know, uh, just, not, not the best punch, but that's the arm length gives him a, lar- a larger radius. He's a good mover too. Uh, let's go with Lalesko. Um, He needs to put on weight one more. One more. We're going to do Braxton Jones too.
0: Yeah. One more Braxton Jones and I'll pull up his numbers. Also. I like Braxton Jones a lot too. That's uh D'Angelo Malone. I think he's a sleeper at edge. Um, for a later round. So keep an eye on him. I I really liked him. Good athleticism. This is 1v1s. Bar- is that Barno, Virginia Tech? Yeah. Amari Barno tested really really well. God, so you see you get a little bit more length with uh w- as far as height goes with let's go a little bit more room to grow. This is Barno
1: again. Barno's really fast. Braxton Jones carries the weight a little bit better right now. Um he's I think he's probably I, I, a little I
0: I like us go.
1: I'd be okay with both
0: but i really do like well let's go
1: okay well let's go with uh let's go with Will let's go on this one um just two names here that we're looking at uh either of them would be fine either of them are a developmental tackle but both of them have the thresholds to hang there um at the next level so i right now have Braxton Jones rated a little higher personally but mm-hmm. um i if somebody in my room said actually i like well let's go well, for both let's
0: just take them both what are we talking I, about here
1: i have a a pet guy here that i wanted to take next all right all right um, all right so let's no, take, you know, uh, let's go here. Let's take them both. I want to take Cam Juergens here. I think Cam Juergens is an absolutely incredible center prospect. I think he honestly could be your starting center day one here. Um, you can just scroll down. He should be there at the interior offensive line. Um, there's some talk that he could sneak into the first round. Um, he's that level of athlete at the center position. He's got 33 inch arm length for the center. He moves incredibly. Uh, so uh, I love Cam Juergens. We're talking about the Broncos. What are they going to do with? Uh, Graham Glasgow, what are they going to do with uh, Lloyd Cushenberry? Blah blah blah. Cam Jurgens gives you a scheme fit. Who's going to keep um, your guy early? And guess what? This hurts me. This hurts me to a personal level. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah saying some teams have Cam Jurgens rated higher than my boy Tyler Linderbaum at Iowa. So um, that's where I'm at. That kills me. I don't love it, but um, such is life. That's the way it where do goes. I sometimes pick up my picks.
0: This is where I can use some help. How, how can I see who I've already picked? Okay, let me uh, pull up the thing here.
1: I can tell you who we've picked. Um, it might be sc- scrolled down. Or uh, you can click
0: here or here somewhere
1: on this. Well, we've taken uh, Josh Pascal. We've taken. Here we Christian. go draft a player. Analysis. No. No, I can tell you who we took, Scott. Okay. Um, at pick sixty-four, we took Josh Pascal. At pick seventy-five, the Broncos took. Uh, um. The Tariq Woolen, University of uh, Texas, San Antonio. TSA. Yep. And then uh, 96, we took Christian Watson. And then we just took Matt Wolesko and Cam Juergens. So Mm -hmm. um, they're the picks. Uh, We we hit all the positions the Broncos really need besides safety and tight end. But uh, guess what? That's okay. Um, So, yeah, let us guys know what you think. That was probably the... Most realistic realistic, um, yeah. Realistic one we've had so far. Uh so I guess shout out to Pro Football Focus on that. It's like we took this guy who shouldn't be there. The one that really didn't uh didn't deserve to be there was uh Cam Juergens. I think he's gonna go in the top 50. Um, he's also center and guard and positionally versatile. It and this is the nicest things I'll ever say about a player from Nebraska. So make sure you guys uh, screen clip this one. But Cam Juergens is really good. Um, and uh you everybody's screaming about the Broncos need an offensive line. Cam Juergens could probably start year one. And you have a veteran quarterback, so you're not as concerned about that with the rookie center. And uh, Walesko, probably starting in 2023, so you just have to get by this season.
0: If you, if you would have gotten to watch that 95 Cornhuskers team and Tommy Frazier as an absolute magician at quarterback, you'd have better things to say about Nebraska, even if you didn't like it. For me, it'd be like someone who went to Auburn waxing poetic about that 92 Alabama team and that defense was chef's kiss. Yep. So, you know, we're fans of the game, and Tommy Frazier was absolutely yeah. amazing. On that that ninety-five Nebraska team was so good. On that note, I think it's about time we get out of here, Nick.
1: Yeah, guys, thank you so much. We had a lot of fun today. Um, not a bad draft at all. Solid B. Um, that one was kind of rough. I mean, seeing Abraham Lucas go two picks before is rough. That's one where you're like, maybe I pick package a couple picks just to move up a little bit to go get that guy just to feel solid about that position. I love Abraham Lucas. I really do.
0: And like I said, I'm not. I was on the. You know, you know how I felt about Spencer Brown the whole pre-draft, post-draft. During the year, I've been yeah. saying it a hundred times, you know, drink Spencer Brown. I'm not there with Abraham Lucas, but I like him a lot. I do. Yep. A
1: really good player. And Scott, you're kind of interested in the interior offensive line too. Uh, if you get a chance, watch some Cam Juergens, fun player. Okay. Um, He's one that we talked about prior to the senior bowl or prior to the combine. Who are the interior offensive line to keep an eye on for? Juergens is going to test grade. He's a good player. <laughs> um, So man, rough um, on that one. Some good players in Nebraska, Cam Taylor, Britt, Jojo Doman. Um, hurts me to say. But we appreciate you guys. Um, we're going to get on out of here. Make sure you guys are following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall, MHH. Um, tomorrow morning, I have a very important meeting at 7. So we're gonna I'm going to join you early uh, for tomorrow to kick off the show. And then I'm going to be out probably 25 minutes in. And then Scott can, you know, tread water for 10, 15 minutes or however the chats are going. Um, but sometimes that's uh, that's the way it goes. So we appreciate you. appreciate you, Scott, for uh, willing to do that as well. Um, You're like- going to get way too much of me because I'm on with Zach again tonight. So,
0: uh, and, and Zach and I have a, a little bit different vibe sometimes than, uh, the Nick and I in the morning. So it's a lot of fun. It's, uh, it's, uh, Zach and I, Nick and I have a lot of fun. Zach and I, basically, I have a lot of fun with y'all Broncos country. So I'm looking forward to tonight too
1: absolutely and if you need any help scott let me know on that those ones as well the the night times i can do some stuff but um yeah guys make sure you're following us on twitter please like subscribe and share on youtube if you haven't done so yet make sure you're following us on our facebook chat at facebook.com forward slash uh, mile high huddle as well as facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod if you haven't done so yet go to itunes leave a five-star rating and a review for a chance to win some swag uh us dave if you're still here um reach out to me on twitter Please, um, and we will send you a mug because you're back. Hey, I saw you were back. Um, I tried to highlight it, but we had a super chat come in. Um, but thank you for joining us today. We appreciate everyone. We'll, we will see you tomorrow. Everyone, stay safe. Choose kindness. Choose compassion. Have a great rest of your week. Spring is here. Spring is sprung. God bless. Go Broncos.
0: Head on over to MileHighHuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.